Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast, this is Betting Across America With the big game right around the corner, it's time to download BetMGM Sports. It is Nevada's premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. It is our number two of Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Amal Shah coming to you from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. And we've been talking all things Super Bowl 56. Rams, Bengals coming up tomorrow afternoon over at SoFi Stadium. And to help us Get ready for this game. We bring in one of the biggest names in the gambling space here at Mall. He is Cousin Sal of the Extra Points Podcast Network. Cousin Sal, hope all is well. Got to ask you before we get started. Heard that you're at a flag football game. Do you have any action on said game? (laughs) Of course. I mean, this is basically a warm-up for me, just like I'm sure the players go through a run-through before the big game. But, yeah, my eight-year-old – flag football game. I'm going to admit I cheated a little. I checked the uh, contents of the juice boxes, and they're going to be lime green. Lime green is the color we're going with, although it doesn't look like there's going to be any celebrating anytime soon. So this is how you came up with the great name. I love the title of your book. For people that are unaware, he had a book come out last year, You Can't Lose Them All. What a great name from a betting perspective. I absolutely love that because there are days I feel like I'm losing every game. Right. Yeah, I... uh, yeah, there's uh, no evidence this year that you can't lose them all on my ledger. But uh, no, no, I've, uh, I've been very streaky. I was, uh, you know, picking games on Fox, the pregame show on Thursday, and I hit 11 in a row, and then I lost five in a row. I felt I lost my edge, and then I won the last three. But, yeah, it has been a uh, topsy-turvy year, and that's, I think, how we have the Bengals. What were they, like 120 to 1 preseason to get to the Super Bowl? Bizarre. Yeah, no, it's absolutely insane to see the Bengals in this game. We're speaking with Cousin Sal of the Extra Points Podcast Network while he's at his kids' flag football game. Excellent stuff there. But let's get into this game. Before we get into the props here, Sal, how do you see this game playing out just from a general standpoint? You know, I um, last week I was about to just 
just shrug my shoulders and say, I'm going to have fun and, and, and just bet a minimal amount of money. And then I realized that's ridiculous. I can't do that. I have to bet. I have to sit on the toilet and look through all the props and spend hours and hours and hours. And I've somehow convinced myself that the Bengals are going to win. And it may not even be close, actually. I mean, I could see an Evan McPherson field goal at the buzzer as the, many of these have ended. But, you know, I, uh, I want to be in early on this Joe Burrow phenomenon, right? Like, I, I was against Brady the first three years, and then i take him in the Super Bowl against the Giants, and I just couldn't get on the right side of the zigzag. And, uh, I mean, he's been incredible. I know it's not just the quarterback, but he wins this matchup. Obviously sacked nine times against the Titans, escaped that with a win, beat the Chiefs twice, uh, down two touchdowns in the regular season game twice, came back down 21-3 against them in Arrowhead. And by the way, that to me is like everyone's like, well, everything else equal, the Rams are home. I'm like, does that really matter? I don't know. They're home for two weeks. I'm pretty sure the Bengals only got to Arrowhead like uh, Saturday and then beat the crap out of them in the second half. So there's that. I think uh, low scoring, I'll say 24-23, even though I think it can get out of hand for the uh, in the Bengals if they uh, light it up. But their defense isn't bad either. Six interceptions in the postseason, you know, 14 on the year. I don't think Stafford's woes are uh, completely behind him. He threw almost an awful pick that was dropped. Do you remember San Francisco? Yeah. Number three, Tart. I mean, that would, that, that would have been the worst. That would have been the worst interception in playoff history, I think. And uh, I, I think the Rams got a little lucky. You could say the Bengals did too, but I think they're, they'll prevail. And I certainly like the four. And if you can get four and a half, God bless you. Yeah, I think you bring up a great point about the Matthew Stafford dropped interception. I mean, we might be talking about the 49ers here instead of the uh, Los Angeles Rams. And another point you made I thought was really good. You mentioned that home field advantage. I figured everybody in SoCal right now is getting ready for the Academy Awards. I don't even know if they're aware there's a Super Bowl getting ready to be played Sunday. Uh, but to me, you know, you look at this Rams team. Can they take advantage of the fact that at least they're in this uh, familiar environment? Can they really kind of culminate the season where they push their chips all into the middle of the pot, Sal, well before the season started? Is Matthew Stafford the guy that you thought he was, or has this team around him been good enough to get them to where they are? Yeah, I mean, that was like nine questions. You want me, actually, which one should I ask? I didn't really have uh, a good question, well, I so I just kind of threw it all together, <laughs> but I like that you did call me out on that. <laughs> no, I got gotcha. you. And I think, like, you know, a lot of people are making a lot too big a deal. In fact, it may be the other way. Just look at uh, Sean McVay, 2-5 and five in the last seven games, both uh, straight up and against the spread in games where he has 10 days to prepare. So maybe not the best thing. People are giving him the coaching matchup uh, right away, but I'm not sure about that. And uh, special teams and tangibles, Joe Burrow won a lot of respect for me with his escapability, even in the last game, right? Just like a couple times is a dead-to-right sack, and he scrambled for like 11 or 13 yards. I just don't think you could put this team down, even if you think the Rams are the superior squad. We're speaking with Cousin Sal of the Extra Points podcast network also the co-host of fox bet live over on fs1 uh Sal, we've got a lot of novice bettors entering the market here it might be their first time betting on the super bowl you said that you have a particular strategy when you're going over the props here but for the folks who are getting involved with props for the first time what advice would you offer them on how to handle sort of the volume of the super bowl uh I mean, I could come on here and say bet responsibly, but really, this is the last game. This is the last football game. Just let it all hang out, right? Try to make some money. Um, your spouse will forgive you if you don't have anything for a Valentine's gift uh, on Tuesday or whenever it is. But uh, I like playing everything. Uh, you know, have some fun with some exact scores, exact team totals. 
uh, things like that. You know, obviously the, the, the you know you can lose hundreds and thousands of dollars even before the game kicks off with the coin toss <laughs> on the national anthem. By the way, bet the over. I got a little bit of uh, insight there on the over on the anthem. But, there we go. Um, yeah. So I think you got to work backwards. Like you said, I think your first question was, how do you see this game playing out? So I think they're going to run. I like Joe Mixon to have a big game, right? So I have him for first touchdown. I have him for over-rushing yards, um, over-rushing and receiving yards. I kind of think to get the butterflies out a little bit, they'll, they'll run heavy with Joe Mixon. Now, I know the Rams' run stoppage has been uh, very solid, but I kind of see Mixon breaking a couple. Same thing with Sony Michelle. I think he's going to be the guy more than Akers. Played seven playoff games. He's had his team's first touchdown in three of them so that's one to key on i'm looking less at jamar chase i think uh the supporting cast boyd and higgins i would go over in their yards but again this is coming from someone who thinks the bengals are going to win i love mcpherson over one and a half field goals made i think that's a low number like minus 128 and uh you know take uh i would take a long because i'm on the Bengals. uh i have mixing 40 to 1 for mvp i think he had 12 touchdowns 1300 yards like i said it's the lowest scoring game and he breaks a couple it could be all his. But, uh, yeah, just have have fun with it. You know, uh, plan it out. Um, obviously, don't bet over your head. But also consider this is the last freaking game until uh, September. <laughs> well, I thought he was advocating to bet on the game simply because the Valentine's Day gifts pricing is so out of control. To yeah. be able to afford it, you're going to need to win some bets. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. If, if roses were a prize instead of uh, free credits or bet boots, so I think people would be in good shape. I, I want to go back to a point you made, and I think it's a very good one, which is you have a lot of props going towards the over because you believe the Bengals are going to win. And as Femi alluded to, you know, people that might be new or not as well-versed, I think a lot of your plays and props are going to be directly correlated to how you see the game playing out. Uh, if you right. think both teams are going to be able to move the ball, then you're going to go towards more plays on the over. The one that I like, and I want to get your take on this one, is Evan McPherson over one-and-a-half field goals, Sal. And the reason why I like this one, it's juiced a little bit here, I think around 150 or so, pretty high, but – because when you get inside, in basically I would argue the 37-yard line, you're within range of him. And playing in an indoor stadium at SoFi, I think if you're Zach Taylor, you're very confident and comfortable to be able to send him out there in a situation. And one other thing, most of the drives generally, after, especially after a score, are going to start at the 25-yard line. So you need, in essence, between 38 to 40 yards on a drive just to get him in range. I think that's very good analysis. There's a lot of luck in this thing, right, right. As this, but, you know as to how many field goal attempts they'll have, right? I mean, he can't really control it. He's not allowed to just run on the field whenever he wants and uh, attempt one. But to your point, with everybody going for it on fourth and two from the 33, I think Zach Taylor has a different kind of uh, plan, right? When you got an automatic kicker like Evan McPherson. By the way, I've not heard this much buzz about a kicker heading into a Super Bowl week as I have Evan McPherson in a long time. But to my point, Fourth and two at the 33, they're going to kick all, all the fourth and shorts that we see teams and uh, the rah-rah, the gung-ho, go for it on fourth down. You don't really get that with the Bengals. And so, uh, and so that's, uh, I think that is a bonus for that over one and a half bet. Uh, Sal, we got about a minute left. I want to get some fun novelty props from you. You said that you already have at the flag football game. You got the, the lime green is the, is the juice box <laughs> color there. Well, what's, the, what's the Gatorade color? I know you, you say you got the anthem uh, inside info. Do we got any halftime show info? Are we going with California Love for the first, first song here? What, uh, what can you tell us? California, I would short California love. I think it's too obvious. I heard, I heard it might be something else. I have to pick something else. I'm not sure what it would be. Orange for Gatorade. Orange has hit five of the last 12 years, and two years of those, um, it, well, there wasn't even Gator, a Gatorade dump. So 
basically half of the last decade has been orange, and we know the Bengals are orange, so that's what I'm going with. Uh, anthem over, like I said, I can't reveal my sources, but the uh, the audio track, the music track itself, I think is headed towards over. So, yeah, there's fun like that. And I don't know if you saw the NFL honors, but uh, I presented to Cooper Cup, my, my cousin Jimmy Kimmel and I presented Offensive Player of the Year to Cooper Cup. And uh, he is definitely, definitely thanking God first if he wins MVP. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep that in mind. Cooper Cup 6-1 to one to an MVP over at BetMGM. He is Cousin Sal go. of the Extra Points Podcast Network, also co-host on Fox Bet Live over on FS1. Sal, we appreciate you having fun with us here, and uh, best of luck tomorrow. Thanks. Fellas, enjoy the game. Thank Take you, care. you too. <laughs> the orange plus 200 is the favorite. It's the best flavor, so I get as to why. also makes sense when you think about the Bengals. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Also, Sal said Valentine's Day is on Tuesday. He might be in a little bit of trouble. I think it's on Monday, actually. So uh, we'll see if Sal all goes well in his household. But we appreciate him joining us here on Betting Across America. On the other side, we dive deep into the trenches. O-line, D-line. Time to talk some big boys here on BAA. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's like very of all slow. The, of all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. VEASAN is your number one source for getting ready for the big game this weekend. We have 56 hours of free video coverage on VEASAN.com leading up to our sixth annual live big game betcast. And to make you a smarter better, we have had some of the biggest names to get you ready for the big game. And to make you a smarter better, let's get going. Brett Musburger sits down for a one-on-one -on -one exclusive interview with legendary sports better Billy Walters. You can watch the entire interview on VEASAN.com. Other notable names this weekend include Chris Berman, Danny Trejo, 
Michael Simon, Pete Rose, and many more. Check out all the interviews on vcin.com and look what we have in store for you tomorrow. Point Spread Sunday kicking it off. I will be hosting that show with Danny Burke. We'll have a plenty, plenty guests on that. Lombardi line in its usual spot. The Musburger Walters interview. Big game, pregame. Then, of course, the primetime action betcast coming up to help you live bet the big game. Then all of it is wrapped up with Follow the Money to give all the instant reaction from Super Bowl 56. Amal, I am absolutely fired up. We just had Cousin Sal on. This is Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Femi and Amal come to you from the VEASAN studios at the South Point. We just had Cousin Sal on. Cousin Sal gave us some little inside tidbits here. One of our big names we've had all throughout this weekend here. He was, it was fun to have him on as he is uh, one of the front-facing people in the gambling space. Yeah, absolutely. Great sense of humor and he actually really gets into it and very well versed on it. So I thought he made some good points and obviously he likes the Bengals to win this game. Mm -hmm. So you saw a lot of the props leaning towards the over on their receivers and yardage. Yeah, very bullish on the Cincinnati Bengals. He likes them to win this game outright. 24-23 was a score that he gave us. So Amal, we've been talking about this game all throughout the show here, and we're going to talk about it even more. I want to break it down in the trenches. It's the old adage in football. The game is won and lost in the trenches. And let's first bring up the Rams offensive line against this Bengals defensive line. It's interesting. This Rams offensive line is led by Andrew Whitworth, who used to play for the Cincinnati Bengals, now here with the L.A. Rams, one of the oldest offensive tackles, I believe, in NFL history at the age of 40. NFL Man of the Year. He just got that honor on Thursday. Congratulations to him. But do you see this Rams O-line being able to win in the battle, or does the Bengals' D-line once again step up here in a big spot? I give a slight edge to the Rams' offensive line, but if the Bengals dominate this one from a defensive line standpoint, I wouldn't be that surprised. I think they're very good. I think the Rams' offensive line is solid. I don't think it's elite, and I think this is an area where Cincinnati needs to get pressure on Matthew Stafford. If they can do that, I think they've got a fantastic chance to win this game. Yeah, and you've been bringing it up all throughout the week, the two edge rushers, Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard. Sam Hubbard, your fellow Buckeye there, and and he he's, was awesome in that game against the Kansas City Chiefs and how they were able to contain Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Matthew Stafford's not going to run around as much as Mahomes. Right. So it's a little bit more of a stationary target here. But in the middle, this Bengals defensive line missing Larry Ogunjobi yeah. suffered the foot injury in the win over the Las Vegas Raiders. How do you think the Bengals are able to maybe get pressure up the middle as opposed to on the edges? Well, it's you know, going to come down to Hill and Reader and what they can do. Um, you're absolutely right. Losing Ogunjobi is going to be big for this team. But the one advantage is, as you referenced towards the Mahomes comparison, is Mahomes throws the ball from so many different angles. I think he's far more deceptive in terms of speed and mobility than people realize with him. So it's always tough. But um, Matthew Stafford is a guy that you're going to really have him in the center of the pocket. So I think it's a good opportunity if you're looking at it from a Bengals defensive standpoint. Yeah, the sack total, I believe, is five and a half for the two teams combined. That's an interesting number here just because – I know everybody thinks that the Bengals, we're going to get to the matchup, the Bengals O-line against the Rams D-line and how the Rams D-line might be able to dominate that matchup. But I think this Bengals defensive line is frisky and they are live to cause some havoc in this game and maybe get some pressure on Matthew Stafford. It wouldn't surprise me if the Bengals had more sacks in this game, to be quite honest, Amal. Yeah, I, I wouldn't either. I, I think the uh, stats uh, statistic from a Rams perspective is being a little bit overblown. I think they're going to be able to get pressure on him. But Burrow's got far more mobility than Stafford, and I think that'll make a difference in terms of the number of sacks that are uh, given up. We know Tennessee was very effective in that game, but just because you had one game that was a bad game doesn't mean every game falls in the same line of thinking. 
interesting to note with this game here because from the passing perspective, we discussed that. From the running perspective, how will this Bengals defensive line that's looked a little vulnerable against defend, defending the run here hold up against a Rams running attack that Sean McVay has proven that he is willing to stick with it throughout the game? Yeah, he's going to need to if they're going to be successful. I think that's going to be a key element for this team if they're going to get it done. Um, I think when you look at this Rams team, they they can run the ball very effectively, and it's crucial if you're going to have an opportunity to be successful in any NFL game. I know this has become a pass-oriented league, but running the football can't be overstated. Yeah, I think that's the thing right there. It's Teams typically run the ball to win, and if the Rams are able to get up a lead in the second half, I think you'll see them go to that running game because that's where they tend to lean on. We saw it against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They almost played to their detriment against right. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because that Bucks run defense is probably the best run defense in the league. Akers, his rushing yards prop, 64.5. Joe Mixon is 60.5. Cousin Sal in the last segment said he loves Mixon overs. He loves Mixon anytime touchdown. I think he even said first touchdown he score did say first, for Joe yeah. Mixon. If you want to get really juicy with the props there here, but do you think that this Rams O-line can open up some holes for acres or maybe even a guy like a Daryl Henderson, who's been on IR and now is going to be able to be activated off of IR and play in this game alongside Sony Michelle, whose rushing yards prop is 19 and a half. All you need is one run to break that off. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think there's definitely going to be some opportunities there for this team to run the football. Um, and with Akers and Henderson, if they get past that initial wave on the defensive line, I think they have opportunities to have some big plays. So something to pay attention to as we go forward in this game tomorrow. Should be a lot of fun. Hopefully this game delivers on the hype, and obviously people want blowouts on their side if they have a betting <laughs> ticket. Yeah. But, you know, I, I made a bet on the Rams. I, I didn't make a big bet here. So for me, I'm just kind of like, hey, if this is a pretty good game, it'll be, it'll be a lot of fun to watch. Let's look at the other side of the coin here. The Bengals offensive line, the much maligned Bengals offensive line going against this Rams defensive line that is star-studded Aaron Donald, Vaughn Miller, Leonard Floyd gets in on the mix as well from a pass rush standpoint here. How do you see this matchup playing out against an offensive line that, quite frankly, needs a little bit of help to hold up? Yeah, they do, and it's going to be interesting to see uh, what they do in certain situations. Uh, I, I think Mixon is going to be dangerous out of the backfield on some screens. I would expect to see some screens kind of work that pressure against them. You know, they want to come up quickly, try to work that against them. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, but the Bengals offensive line, I think, is the biggest question mark in terms of how they defend against this Rams defensive front. That'll be kind of the telltale sign of this game. Yeah, I think this is going to be what decides the game likely, yeah. in my opinion here, is this matchup with this Bengals offensive line and the Rams defensive line with the trenches being so key. I mean, just yeah. think about last year's Super Bowl with the Chiefs and the Buccaneers. Patrick Mahomes was running for his life with the Chiefs having the injured guys on the offensive line there. There's the the Bucks pass rushers were just living in the backfield. I don't think we'll see something similar just because the Bengals have been working with this offensive line throughout the entire year. They're like, hey, yeah, our O-line's bad, but guess what? We still got here regardless, so we know how to work around it versus right. the Chiefs had an injury in the AFC title game leading up to that Super Bowl. So that kind of caught them off guard here. But Joe Mixon, you mentioned the screen game is where he could be used. His rushing and receiving yards prop combined over at BetMGM, 89 and a half. And if he has a decent game on the ground, pops off one of these screen passes, it could be a chance where he goes over there, minus 115 each way on that prop there. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's something to pay attention to as you go forward and um, in terms of how many opportunities there are in terms of getting a big play. Because the one thing about Mixon people may not realize or may not remember, this guy's got some pretty good speed and he's a mm -hmm. tough guy to bring down. So should be a lot of fun to watch in this matchup. I'm interested from the MVP perspective because very, very rarely do you see a defensive tackle be among the favorites in the Super Bowl MVP market. Aaron Donald at BetMGM, Amal, 
12 to 1 to be named Super Bowl MVP. Now, we waxed poetic about Aaron Donald in the first hour, saying he's the best player in football, and we all agree with that. But one defensive tackle, Amal, in the history of the Super Bowl has won MVP. So look at these defensive MVP odds. Von Miller's 40 to 1. Trey Hendrickson, Leonard Floyd, Jalen Ramsey, 100 to 1. Sam Hubbard, 150 to 1. Do you think we'll stick, we'll leave Ramsey out of the discussion. We'll stick with the guys who are kind of playing along the trenches. Do you think there's any value in taking a long shot on one of these or maybe even taking a pretty decent-sized shot on a Donald at 12-1? to 1? I, I do not. I would actually probably take a shot with Ramsey before I would. Uh, you know, Aaron Donald's got to have a sack fumble, uh, multiple sacks actually, and probably one or two forced fumbles, whereas Jalen Ramsey could pick off two errant passes. And if you house one and the offense struggles a little bit, there's a great opportunity for you from that perspective. But I, I'm not a big fan of these. Look, this is somewhat of a popularity contest. For the Bengals, it's going to be Joe Burrow if they win the game. I mean, are they really going to win this game 17-13? Probably not. It's where you're going to wind up with a defensive player. And if you're the Rams, I, I think it's going to come down to Cooper Cup. I think he's got about 10 to 15% chance. And I think the other 85 to 90 is Matthew Stafford. Yeah, I think the last – because the, what you brought up, the popularity contest is such a big thing because the last time we saw a defensive player win MVP was Von Miller in Super Bowl 50, I believe it was. But that was a Denver team that the narrative around them was that the only reason that they were there was because of the defense. Peyton Manning was a quarterback, but they got there in spite of Peyton Manning. Only nine touchdown passes that season, I believe 17 interceptions. So you, there was nobody on Denver from a quarterback well, perspective that they could give the award to. And not only that, the offense didn't do much in that game anyway, yeah. right? I mean, that's a large – factor in it how well does the offense perform is going to be crucial yeah I think that's going to be what it comes down to so if it's a lower scoring game if you think it could be a 17-13 type of game maybe one of these defensive guys is valuable in terms of the MVP market here but it's such a tough proposition to look past a Joe Burrow if the Bengals are to win or to look past a Matt Stafford or Cooper Cup if the Rams were to win this game how will the trenches affect the quarterbacks we're going to discuss that with our next guest Hall of Fame quarterback Warren Moon joining us on the other side it's betting across America presented by BetMGM Tomorrow, Billy Walters, the Michael Jordan of sports betting, sits down with VEASAN for only his second interview ever. His first was with 60 Minutes, and he now joins legendary broadcaster Brent Musburger for an in-depth conversation discussing the current state of sports betting, advice to gamblers based on his life as a sports better, as well as his upcoming memoirs. This exclusive interview is only available on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Then watch the complete interview tomorrow at noon Eastern only on vcin.com. I'm absolutely fired up for that interview. I'm also absolutely fired up for our next guest. This is Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Amal Shah. Amal, we've had quite a bit of guests here helping us get ready for this game. Well, our next guest played 16 years in the NFL, nine-time Pro Bowler, member of the Titans and Oilers Ring of Honor, played six years in the CFL where he won five Grey Cups. Amal, our next guest is Pro Football Hall of Fame quarterback Warren Moon. Warren, we appreciate you joining us here on Betting Across America. American. We got to start at your position in this game. What has impressed you most with these two quarterbacks we have playing tomorrow? Well, you know, in order to get this far in any season, uh, you've got to have really good quarterback play, especially the way the uh, the rules are, are 
geared towards the game being more of a passing game now. And both of these quarterbacks have been excellent in the playoffs. Uh, they both had excellent red, uh, regular seasons, but they've even stepped their game up more in the playoffs. And uh, Matthew Stafford's only turned the ball over one time uh, during the playoffs in the three games where during the season he led the league in interceptions. So he's really taking good care of the ball. And he's made some huge throws at, at big times of the football game. So uh, he's playing very, very well. 11 touchdowns, only one interception in the playoffs thus far. And then Joe Burrow, you know, for a guy not even two years into his career, he hasn't played two complete seasons, coming off a major knee injury, uh, keeps continually bringing his team back in the playoffs. They've come from behind in every playoff game, and uh, he's been one of the reasons why. And I think you're impressed with his poise, with his character, and also with his toughness, you know, taking – a number of sacks, not only last year, but also this year, and then as many as nine in a playoff game this year. So this guy just keeps coming back, and I think his team looks at him and has great respect for him because of how tough he's played, and he hasn't complained at all, and they continue to win. By the way, Femi, you forgot one thing on the intro. The man who threw the prettiest football in the history of the National <laughs> Football League. Uh, well, it's, it's factual. Warren, i got to ask you, I know you got inundated with a plethora of Super Bowl questions. I want to ask you about the Pro Football Hall of Fame. To me, no disrespect to hockey, basketball, and baseball. I just don't think it has the same cachet as getting in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. My one issue with the way they do the voting is this. Sam Mills has not added to his statistical numbers in the last 20 years. Why are we taking so long to get so many great players in? The achievement should be done while they're in the primes of their lives. I hated that it took this long for Dick Vermeil to get in. I think guys should be expedited a little bit in terms of the process of getting in. I have not seen anyone add to their stats since they've retired. Yeah, it's a tough process because there's so many great players, and uh, you've had a lot of guys that have come in, and and you know that they're surefire first ballot guys, and a lot of those guys kind of jump over some of the guys like a Sam Mills and, and people like that. But the bottom line is, they eventually get in, and that's the main thing because I don't think any of these guys, even though they might be disappointed throughout the process of the number of years, but I tell you what, when they do get that call, all that goes away because they are a member and nobody is any bigger or any better than the guys who are already there. It doesn't matter how long it takes you to get in there. Once you're in there, you're along with everybody else on that same team forever. Yeah, the process is not uh, – is not the greatest in the world, but when you have this many players in football compared to some of the other sports, there's a lot of guys that are available. There are a lot of guys that are eligible and, and deserve to be in there. So it's not always a, a, an exact science, but bottom line is they did get in, and that's all that really matters. We're speaking with Hall of Fame quarterback Warren Moon here talking all things Super Bowl 56, Rams and the Bengals. And Warren, I kind of want to get inside. I wish I could get inside the heads of the two quarterbacks, Matthew Stafford and Joe Burrow. But I want to ask you this question because I'm fascinated what the night is like before a big game from a quarterback's perspective. Do you keep the routine similar? What's going through the mind of these guys as they are now 24 hours away from the biggest game of their lives? Yeah, you have to try and keep it as as similar as you possibly can because that's what's gotten you there. What's gotten you there is your routine, your preparation, everything being kind of the same each and every week throughout the regular season. And you take that same preparation into the playoffs, whether it's the uh, wild card round all the way to the Super Bowl. Now, of course, there's a lot more attention and focus put on this Super Bowl game. But when you uh, really buckle down over those last 48 hours before the game, got to go back to what your routine is what you normally do the last 48 hours before a game whether it's you know watching tape whether it's how you eat whether it's what time you go to bed all those different things you want to try and continue to keep the same 
So you, you go in with that same type of calm mentality that you've done everything right that you've normally done, and if you feel like you've done that, you feel like your preparation is ready to go and play a really good football game. Warren, you played with a great uh, trio of receivers, Ernest Givens, uh, obviously Haywood Jeffries, Curtis Duncan, and I thought when you won Offensive Player of the Year in 1990, you did a tremendous job of ball distribution when you look at those guys' statistics. When you look at both quarterbacks right now, they've got a plethora of options. Now, obviously, Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase are the favorites, but is there situations where in a game you just say, hey, this guy is able to beat, he might be a third option coming into that particular game, but he is beating his guy, and it's just one that you start to look towards more, or is to go on an individual play-by-play basis of what's available to you? Well, you're always trying to look for matchup uh, problems. And uh, if you can get one of your better receivers on one of their, say, third or fourth uh, defensive backs when you spread people out, that's what the, the combinations are you're looking for. You want to put your best against their worst. It doesn't always happen that way, but uh, whenever you find that, it, that's what quarterbacks are looking for. So, uh, especially when, when you end up seeing a man-for-man situation when you have a guy lined up over one of your better receivers. You're going you're gonna to try and go to the guys who are open in, in the progression, but when it, when it comes down to it in the critical parts of the game, you're going to be looking for your best receivers no matter who he's going against on the other side of the ball. But throughout the, the meat of the game, yeah, you're looking for those mismatches whenever you can possibly get them. Warren, Joe Burrow has been under an immense amount of pressure all throughout the season, was sacked 50-plus times in the regular season. You brought up the Titans game where he was sacked nine times in that win. What does pressure do to you as a quarterback? Because as viewers, we always tend to just look at it and say, wow, that person's just getting sacked quite a bit. They should maybe get rid of the football. But what does that do when you're in the pocket and it feels like every other play there's somebody breathing down your neck? And how impressive has it been that Burrow has seemingly been able to overcome that? Yeah, I think that's what's been impressive about him, especially as a young player, that he hasn't let that get to him. He hasn't let it uh, get him out of his rhythm. He hasn't sped up his, his mechanics or anything. And that's what happens when a quarterback is getting a lot of pressure. Now he starts seeing ghosts and he's starting looking at the, at the uh, rush a little bit more than he is looking downfield to make sure he has enough time to throw the football. And that just throws off everything in his fundamentals, uh, his, his uh techniques uh, in his feet start to speed up, and when that happens, you lose accuracy and then velocity on the football. So it's been incredible for him to be able to maintain his poise. Like I talked about earlier, one of the strengths of him is his poise. And uh, what you as a play caller want to do is you want to try and create some some throws that can get the ball out of his hands quickly, whether it's some screens to, to uh, slow down that defense, whether it's run some draw plays, or just to get some quick screens out to uh, to the outside, just to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands quickly, so that rush doesn't get to him, and he can kind of get his focus back and uh, get his composure back, uh, as he's going to have to at some point throw the football down the field and hold it in that pocket. Warren, when you look at these two quarterbacks, I would point to a couple of characteristics for both of them. One for Matthew Stafford, arm strength. For Joe Burrow, toughness. As a guy who played the position at an elite level, if you were to take a young player, you're kind of developing them, what are some of the attributes you're looking for, and what do you see out of these two guys that really just impressed you from afar, kind of looking at them on a Sunday? Yeah, I'm looking at young guys. I'm looking at their feet, you know, because the feet are are so important uh, to playing quarterback than – much more so than the arm, you know, the arm strength. You've got to have a good arm. There's no question about it. But uh, your feet have to have you have to have good feet placement uh, as far as when you're throwing the ball and where you're throwing the football. 
Uh, you've got to be able to move around in the pocket. You don't have to be a great scrambler like a Lamar Jackson or somebody like that, but you definitely have to have pocket presence and be able to move around in the pocket, and having good feet allows you to do that. That's something that really impressed me about Tom Brady as he came into the league. He really improved that part of his game early in his career, uh, the way he's able to move around in the pocket, and that's something that uh, Matthew Stafford does a great job of. And then the a- accuracy, there, there's, there is uh, – that's probably the most important attribute of any quarterback is to be able to be accurate with the football. But, again, that goes back to foot placement and your fundamentals and things like that. Um, you've got to be accurate with the football, and that's what Joe Burrow has been since he's been in the league. He led the league this year in pass percentage, I think it's over 70% completion percentage. When you can be accurate with the football and also have that great anticipation to get the ball out on time, even if you don't have a rocket arm, you're going to have uh, you're going to be way ahead of the game as far as playing quarterback. He is Warren Moon, Hall of Fame quarterback, and according to him, all the owner of the prettiest spiral to ever grace the NFL. Warren, we appreciate you joining <laughs> us here. That. That, that's not opinion; that's America. fact. <laughs> that is factual, according to him. All. Warren, enjoy the game tomorrow. We loved having you on, and uh, all the best going forward. Hey, thanks a lot for having me on, guys, and hopefully people make a lot of money out there betting on this game. <laughs> We're hoping so as well. He is Warren Moon. On the other side, stop, drop, shut him down, open up props, running back edition continues. It's Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very slow. all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. (laughs) Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zikazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. (laughs) I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Score during the big game with BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and place a $10 money line wager on Pro Football's final game. If either team scores a touchdown, you'll win $200 in free bets regardless of your wager's outcome. Just use code SB200 when you make your first bet. You'll also earn BetMGM rewards points that you can redeem for room nights and dining at MGM Resorts Nationwide. Only at BetMGM. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or 
or older to wager new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. It is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi and Bebefe alongside Amal Shah here from the VEASAN studios at the South Point Hotel and Casino. We just got done speaking with Hall of Fame quarterback Warren Moon. Excellent, excellent insight from Warren Moon there. Uh, Amal, what jumped out to you from what he had to say? In your, your opinion, the best spiral in the history of the NFL. You know, I, I just thought the point he made about footwork with quarterbacks, how important that is. I think that's something that gets overlooked. I, you know, I didn't think of that, and I thought that was a great point that he made. Yeah, no, I think that's one of the underrated. I think Bill Walsh would always say that. Like, he would n- never watch Joe Montana's actual passes. He would say that, I watched the film of your feet, and I can then determine if you had a good game or a bad game. It's kind of an interesting aspect of the quarterback position. I was just not expecting to summarize other people's book reports here today because I'm watching Baylor, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we turn our attention back to Super Bowl 56 and back to Amal's favorite segment of stop, drop, shut them down, open up props. Amal, I know you're a big prop player here. We got the running backs taking center stage here with this segment. And I wanted to start with L.A. Rams running back Cam Akers because you've brought up throughout the week here how Cam Akers propensity to put the ball on the ground might play a factor into his prop totals because his yards prop right now over at BetMGM uh, 62 and a half minus 115 each way 16 and a half rushing attempts which is really interesting if you were to fumble the football two and a half on the receipt receptions and longest rush 13 and a half for Cam Akers I believe his longest rush this playoffs has been 15 yards so what stands out to you per se with this Cam Akers props anywhere on the board going for it you know I, I like him under the total I I just think that you know cousin, uh, I think it was uh, cousin Sal or somebody mentioned that they thought Sony Michelle would be effective running the football I also think with Henderson back in there it changes the dynamic um, I think this Rams team could throw the ball. So a lot of factors for me. I, I like going uh, Cam Akers under his rushing total here. Does it surprise you how much McVay leans on Cam Akers, even though he's coming off of the Achilles injury that he suffered, I believe it was late June or early July, missed the entire regular season, has been getting 20 touches per game in the playoffs there with not much of a seat. Like, like there was no training camp even for Cam Akers. How surprising is it that the McVay continues to lean on this guy, even though he has the issues with fumbling, and is only averaging about three yards per carry? Well, you know, when you look at it, Henderson getting hurt was a huge factor in it because McVay understands the one thing, regardless of the fact that this is a passing error and a passing league now, you still have to be able to run the football, control the clock. Those are all factors in terms of being successful. So. When you look at it, you you have to have a guy that can move the ball at times on the ground. Even if not, you have to at least give the effort or the perception that you're going to run the ball. You know, Cam Akers, a kid out of Mississippi, came in highly touted to Florida State. I thought he was effective at Florida State. I didn't think he was great or elite. Mm -hmm. And I think he's a solid running back. I don't think he's a guy that's great or elite here in the NFL. And that's why I think when you look at some of the other options that the Rams potentially have, especially in this game, those guys might come into play. Well, it's interesting that you brought up those other options for this Rams rushing attack because Sony Michelle, his prop over there is at 19 and a half at BetMGM. And you mentioned how Akers, they leaned on him because Daryl Henderson was out. Well, Daryl Henderson on Friday was activated off injured reserve. So maybe we see Daryl Henderson get a little bit of action in this Super Bowl. He's been on IR missing quite a few uh, games here. But 
does that mean maybe that McVeigh isn't as trustworthy with Sony Michelle, and maybe we should look at some of his prop unders by chance? Yeah, it could be a factor. Um, I think Michelle. The one thing is he probably doesn't have the explosive playability that you would see out of Akers or Henderson. You know, both of those guys have the ability to peel off a 10, 12, 14 yard run. Uh, Sony Michelle not quite as uh, lead of foot or fleet of foot as some of these uh, these other two guys. I think that's just something. You know, a lot of times also there's other things that people overlook when looking at a running back. How well do you do in blitz pickup? Yep. Uh, how well do you catch the ball out of the backfield? So many different factors because that's a part of it when you are looking at it from an offensive standpoint because if the other team realizes, hey, this guy can't do blitz pickup, this guy can't do this, you understand certain situations in terms of how the other team's going to approach it. Yeah, no, that's a massive thing that people overlook when it comes to just being on the field as a running back. Like, you're not going to be on the field if you can't uh, pick up the blitz because then you're a liability to get the quarterback injured, which teams do not want. Sony Michelle, his prop actually has gone up within the hour. It was 19 and a half earlier. Now at BetMGM, 20 and a half. So somebody out there likes Sony Michelle to maybe get some carries in this game. Akers, his yardage prop, 63 and a half. Michelle's attempts, though, five and a half. That's the one that, like, these attempts are the interesting ones to me just because we'll see how much they put Daryl Henderson in this game since he hasn't played for quite some time now. But if it's not going to be Akers and if it's Henderson is kind of on a pitch count since he's been on IR, maybe Michelle gets a little bit of bulk of carries, especially if the Rams are leading in the yeah. second half of this game. You might be able to steal a couple carries maybe kind of late fourth quarter. So Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you on that. I think that's a definite possibility. On the Bengals side, Joe Mixon is the RB1 who totes the rock there in the backfield for Cincinnati. His yardage prop, 60 and a half minus 115 each way here. Mixon's rushing attempts, 16 and a half, but plus 100 to the over minus 135 on the under, almost indicating that the prop market anticipates that the Bengals will likely be trailing in the second half to where Mixon might get his water turned off just because they need to pass the ball to get back into the game. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, just something to pay attention to when you look at it. I think Mixon's a guy that can be very effective, not only in terms of running the ball, but out of the backfield as well. Um, you know, this longest rush with him at 13 and a half is pretty interesting. I think I think that's a really good number. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he has the capability of getting over that, but I, I can see him winding up with a 10 or 11, so I'm not going to play that one as well. Joe Mixon, he's been a part of this Bengals rebuild and this team. We had Dan Horde on the voice of the Cincinnati Bengals earlier this show, and he talked about how this team two years ago won two games. Last year they won four games, and he was expecting them to just double their win total and get to eight games and be below 500. Well, here they are, one win away from making history and winning their first Super Bowl in franchise history. And Joe Mixon was asked about what the rebuilding years have been like leading up to this point earlier this week from the media. Here's what Mixon had to say. You know, for me to just basically wait out and go through the, the tough times around here and the hardships that we had uh, being in a program and to be able to now you see you got to reap the benefits and to see the glory um, that we'll be able to play in a Super Bowl, man, it's, it's huge. So um, I'm, I'm honestly excited. Uh, you know, words really can't describe this feeling. It just really feel like I'm living a dream, man. Living the dream. Aren't all Bengals fans, Bengals players? Because nobody expected this team to be here. Dan Horde, the voice of the Bengals, said that as well in August. He said there's no chance I would have thought this team would have been in the Super Bowl. But it's 
I look at Mixon's props, and I look at the anytime touchdown for Joe Mixon. Cousin Sal was on us with us earlier, said he likes Joe Mixon plus 750 to be the first TD score. Well, to be the anytime touchdown yeah. score, Mixon minus 140, just below Cooper Cup, who has the shortest odds at minus 165 to score a touchdown in this game. Do you agree with this number with Mixon minus 140? I, I do. I, th- I think he's going to get a touchdown at some mm-hmm. point in time throughout this game because he, he is their feature back. I mean, you got uh, Evans and P. Ryan as potential guys, but they're not really going to tote the rock as much as he is. And so I, I think Mixon to score. And remember, the other thing, we just talked about this. He could get a ball on a screen pass. He could get a ball on a swing pass there, so he could score from that perspective. It's not just running the ball. Or I think even the point that you brought up there is that the pass interference in the end zone. Yeah. Like, that's the one that people, I think, overlook, especially when you have a guy like Chase who's a physical receiver. Right. Let's say that uh, one of the Rams DBs happens to hold Jamar Chase, and it's first first and goal at the one. Who are they going to hand the ball to? It's Joe Mixon for a TD. Minus 140 would cash for you. Cam Akers is plus 115. Sony Michelle plus 200 for the running backs. Any interest there for you? No, uh, staying away from those completely. You don't like Acres at plus money? Acres is going to – my Acres take is that he's going to get the usage enough to where that if the Rams do get the ball into the red zone, he does have a chance to score in this game. At plus money, I think it's worth a shot. Yeah, that's a fair point. However, I would argue this. Uh, if they have the ball at the one-yard line or less, they're going to look towards Matthew Stafford. Um, because Matthew Stafford is tremendously effective, and they've used him. And Matt's a pretty big guy. He's not a small guy. So I I think it's an opportunity for them to be able to just kind of get one in there. Uh, You know, obviously, if Akers, I would lean towards him more if the ball's at the two or the three-yard line. If the ball's at the one, I I think Stafford's going to be the guy. Maybe Matthew Stafford, 20 to 1, first TD score on a little QB sneak there. Well, he's 8 to 1 at any time. I think it's better than the 20 to 1. I think the 8 to 1 simply because you don't know when he'll come. And if it's a situation where he scores the third touchdown, you don't want to get beat on that. Somebody's been listening to you because I'm looking at BetMGM right now. Matt Stafford, 3 to 1, anytime. Wow. Okay. Three there to we one. go. So somebody is thinking alongside you with that Matt Stafford QB sneak into the end zone. On the other side, he'll be calling the game for Westwood one tomorrow. It is Kevin Harlan, one of the best voices in all of sports. We'll talk all things Super Bowl 56 here. Hour number three, it's betting across America. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today.